This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. This is our latest look at the Cleveland Indians, and I am joined in person by Jordan Bastian. We're here in Goodyear, Arizona. Good to see you, buddy. How you doing? Welcome to Goodyear. Oh, it's good to be here. Um, I see it's really uh, the development of Goodyear continues to be overwhelming. <laughs> uh, I see there's a movie theater now. There's a movie theater in the middle of a field. <laughs> um, hopefully by next year there will be more buildings around it. Uh, we're That's still, what they said about P.F. Chang's and uh, yeah, Red Robin. We're still waiting still for the, isolated. Still waiting for the buildings, the ballpark village to, to pop up between the ballpark Any and the Any day complex. now, the ballpark village is going to spring I, forth to life. Yeah. I mean, um, I just think one of these mornings I'm going to get up and drive, and all of a sudden there will be all this development. But no, Goodyear looks pretty much the same. It does look pretty much the same. The good thing about Goodyear, ample parking. You never have to worry Plenty of parking. about a parking situation. In Goodyear, the only thing you have to worry about is getting into a turning lane to a road that does not exist. Yes, that, they have a lot of that in Goodyear. Yeah, that happened to me uh, a couple years ago, but now that I've been here for years, I've learned which of these roads uh, they're hoping will continue to go uh, much farther in the future. Um, there's still just like, yeah, signs at the end that you would just run into a dead end. Goodyear has some of its appeal, though. Uh, you, you can always find the good. You can find the good in any place. Yes. I found the good in Winter Haven. I found the good in Goodyear. I think, but in your situation, covering a WBC spring training, you better find the good <laughs> in a place, or you're gonna you're you're up for a struggle. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you like hiking, you're pretty close yeah. to the White Tank Mountains, the Australia Mountains. Uh, I'm not a golfer, but there's golf courses. Uh, there's things to do here. Some nice restaurants. We get into our routines. Uh, but yeah, you know, I've been here um, while the players have been gone at WBC. They had the trip to San Antonio yeah. um, that kind of threw off camp a little bit. There's been a lot of things this spring that have kind of thrown off that normal yeah. spring training rhythm. Well, that, that's what I was going to get into. It has been a disjointed camp for a variety of factors, not all of them in the Indians' control, of course. But yeah, you got the WBC, and like I was at Cubs camp the other day. They lost Javi Baez to the WBC. Right. Okay, that's an important player, but that's it. <laughs> Right. You know, uh, whereas the Indians have had some very obviously important players. Carlos Santana just got back today from the Dominican team. Andrew Miller, of course, you know, the, the year Andrew Miller goes off uh, with Team USA and, and they get to the final round, uh, and, and he's, you know, you know, snapping sliders out there uh, ahead of schedule. And, you know, Lindor, of course. And, and then even on a lesser scale, you know, they're right now trying to evaluate third base situation because yeah. of Jason Kipnis' injury and Giovanni Urshela missed time. Yeah. So a guy who might be the number one option to, to go to third now, he's just now like getting back right. to camp and getting back in the swing of the And a guy like Joe Colon with Puerto yeah. Rico, not a lot of people talk about him. He's kind of like a yeah. almost forgotten guy because of the situation, but he was supposed to be competing for that last bullpen job. So a lot of, a lot of sort of, like, as you mentioned, disjointed is a perfect word. And then the bumps and bruises on top of that. Right. Carlos Carrasco, uh, as we're recording this on Monday, he's going to throw in a minor league game. Michael Brantley's getting in his first Cactus League game. Um, but, yeah, it, it just hasn't been 
it's, it's not what you want, as Joe Girardi uh, typically says to the Yankees media. It's not what you want to, to have a – you're not getting to see your product on the field on a consistent basis, which is what spring training is all about. Right, and, you know, for example, when they had the trip to San Antonio, it was only two games, but you had to manage filling out rosters for two games in San Antonio, so a travel squad. You had to manage – filling out rosters for games here in Goodyear where at least you have minor league camp where you can draw younger players up to just fill in those blank spots on the roster. And you're dealing with the fact that players are in the World Baseball Classic. When Chris Colabello came back from Team Italy, Francona was relieved because he said he literally had a blank spot at first base on one of his roster sheets. So when Colabello came back, like Francona was the happiest to see him <laughs> as he's like, ah, oh, I have a first baseman. There you go. Yeah. My goodness. Um... Well, you know, it's 162 games. I guess they'll they'll figure it out over the course of that. But uh, yeah, certainly some frustration in, in this camp over those developments. But the good news, of course, Michael Brantley getting in the uh, making his Cactus League debut. And uh, listen, we talk about it pretty much every week, so we're repeating ourselves. But you you take these small milestones uh, when you can get them, but. Uh, best not to get too wrapped up in any one milestone and, and just look at the big picture, which is a, a steady progression. Exactly. I have on my phone, I have one of those little apps. Was it Time Hop? Where it tells yes. you, like, this day, a year ago, this day, two years ago. And it's kind of been funny to see every day uh, when my tweets about Brantley were popping up from a year ago. And this morning, I had a quote from Ty Van Berkleo, the hitting coach, from one year ago Mm. about how his swing looked Michael Brantley-esque, and it was so great to see him get back into games. And and it was just just an abundance of optimism at this point last year. And I think that kind of is a reminder of how, as Terry Francona used the word today, you kind of have to temper it. Mm. You have to temper that optimism because, as we've mentioned ad nauseum on this podcast, They've been down this road. Indians fans have been down this road. Michael Brantley's been down this road. The difference is they have been down this road, so now you have that foundation to maybe lean on. You know, Michael Brantley can maybe more realistically know what he's feeling now in relation to what he thought he was feeling a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from all accounts, from talking to people behind the scenes, especially in terms of Brantley's body language and the way he's acting, everyone's very positive about um, things they're seeing not just on the field but what they're seeing behind the scenes with him to make them feel like, yeah, okay, this time yeah. you know, maybe it's a little more realistic. Um, you mentioned uh, third base situation, second base situation. The second base situation is now the third base situation yeah. uh, with Jason Kipnis out of the picture, and we know we have a more uh, finite, uh, although nothing's ever finite you know, with, with, with medicals, but um, it sounds like a fairly finite picture of four to five weeks until he's back in Major League game action. Um, and as an offshoot of that, now they're talking about Jose Ramirez at second base, right. uh, which is something they had uh, talked about not doing initially, um, which would make the competition more at third base. So now, what are your expectations uh, at third base? Yeah, and I think that was when they, when they were talking about they really would prefer to keep Jose at third, and I think they still do. Yeah. But that was when they weren't sure if this was going to be like Kipnis misses the first series or the first road trip. Hmm. Now that they know it might be mid-April or later April, just because he needs to get that volume of uh, – he needs to have a spring training. Yeah. Um, now you can think more realistically about, okay, this is not just a, a one-series or two-series fix. So now you move Jose to second where it's really not even that much of a transition for him maybe his most natural position, and now you look at uh, third base and the options there, as I mentioned earlier, Giovanni Urshela uh, is an option. Uh, non-roster guy like Richie Schaefer is an option. Mm. Yandy Diaz, uh, 
the Indians' Twitter fan favorite um, would be a guy they're looking at mostly because of his bat. He's a really advanced bat, uh, but defensively he worked maybe more in the outfield last year and early in spring. Um, so they're trying to get him in third base a lot more now down the stretch because they want to see, you know, is he still a quote-unquote work in progress at third? And then a guy like Eric Gonzalez, who could be in the mix as a utility guy or at third because, um, you know, as Terry Fracona has said, you know, he's really, really strong defensively no matter where you put him. And hmm. I think defense may be some of the priority here in yeah. a short-term situation like this because, you know, I think as Tito mentioned today, you're not going to replace Kipnis's offense, but if you know you can help the run prevention – by having a really trustworthy guy at third, mm-hmm. you know that might be the priority, and that's where maybe like Urshela or Gonzalez have the edge. Yeah, I think it'll be Urshela. I, that's reading the tea leaves mm-hmm. and and the priority on defense. A guy who's been, I mean Gonzalez has been up in the big leagues before as well, but but guy has a little more of a, a big league backbone uh, in, in his in his history. It, it, it seems to make some sense. It seems like they're going out of their way to talk about why Diaz is not ready defensively. Right. Which is always well, and you also have to consider the logistics of it. Yeah. He's not on the roster. Exactly. He's still considered a prospect. Yeah. Uh, like Richie Shaper's not on the roster, but he's sort of moved beyond that prospect right. stage. And if this if you're gonna put a guy on the roster and start his clock yeah. and it's only for two weeks, that's not really how you want to handle the development of a player. Right. You want a Yanni Diaz type when he comes up to be up. You know, Gio Urshel has already been in the big leagues. He was their third baseman for for eighty one games in twenty fifteen. So right. He kind of has more of an expectation and maybe less pressure on him mm-hmm. because he's not coming up and getting that taste of it for the first time and, and dealing with it that way. Or even Richie Shaver, who's been in the big leagues for parts of two seasons with Tampa Bay, um, and maybe you can hope a guy like that could get hot for two weeks and then be optioned down to the minors as a, as a sound depth guy. Mm-hmm. So when you weigh those factors, who's on the 40, who's not on the 40, who's still a prospect, who's still developing, and who could be potential fill-ins, you're right. Like it doesn't really add up to Yandy Diaz. Even if of that group, he might be the best hitter, the most polished hitter. Right. There's still development there to do, yeah. and you don't want to throw a guy out there and have him have a bad week and have it snowball and mm-hmm. and things like that. They they're going to consider all those factors when making this decision. Yeah, a two or two or three week trial. It, it seems to make the most sense to let's just take care of ourselves defensively. This right. guy can catch the ball. Who really cares what he contributes offensively? That's I don't know. That, that seems to be the most reasonable way to approach it, and the roster logistics play into that. All right, speaking of roster logistics, there were some moves uh, earlier this week, uh, mm-hmm. and among the guys sent uh, sent out to minor league camp, uh, you know, who stands out as, as potential, uh, you know, we might see in the big leagues this season? Yeah, and I mean, I think one of the benefits of the WBC is it, is it allows teams to get maybe a longer, closer look at players that they wouldn't under normal spring circumstances and that's where guys like Greg Allen, who's a center field prospect, and Ronnie Rodriguez, a utility prospect, um, really factored in for the Indians this spring. They really got to take a close look and get to know both of those guys. You know, Allen might be uh, two seasons away, but they really are impressed with him off the field and really with his offense and, and, and his plus defense. And then Ronnie Rodriguez, a couple years ago, um, you know, he looked like a, a rising prospect, and then as Jose Ramirez rose and Lindor rose, he kind of got blocked all around the diamond, similar to Eric Gonzalez, so, you know, even with Kipnis at second base. So he's a guy who kind of tried to hone his craft as a utility man to show that, you know, maybe he could be a bench option. Um, and they wanted to get a good look at him this spring and were impressed. And um, Tito even said today, like, this, this, he has a future in the big leagues, and part of it is because of that willingness 
to embrace that utility role. So those guys, while they're not a part of the picture this year, uh, it was kind of fun to see them for an extended period and good for the Indians to get a close uh, look at them in big league camp as they sort of map out the, you know, down the road. Yeah, Allen, a kind of somewhat overlooked uh, piece of that would-be Jonathan Lucroy right. trade. Because, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Francisco Mejia had the 53-game hitting streak, which attracted a lot of attention. He was kind of the centerpiece of the deal, but Allen uh, would have been a part of, the deal of that, part of that deal as well. Uh, and then Ryan Merritt uh, sent out our boy Ryan Merritt, who uh, stepped up on the October Boots. stage. Boots Merritt. Um, you, you've mentioned this before, but they, they're, they're kind of holding him up as the organizational example of don't focus so much on the opening day 25. And this is for the fans as well, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> don't focus too much on uh, who you're trotting out there on April 3rd um, because you, you don't know what's going to happen over the course of the season. Right, and it's I think it's you know every team at the start of spring will tell a certain select number of players, hey, you might not be in the opening day mix, but this takes more than 25 men and blah, 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 blah. And it all sounds so very cliche, and some players may roll their eyes a little bit when they're hearing this from the manager or the GM. But when you, as the Indians now, can point to last season and say Ryan Merritt was in Arizona in, I think, in September or October, um, working out, and he got a phone call that they needed him to pitch against the Blue Jays with a chance to go to the World Series. And, you know, I think so they can now send him to AAA. He's gone through that experience. And the guys in that Columbus clubhouse can look to, to him or even talk to him about that idea that, yeah, you might think the big leagues feel far away when you've got Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, and those guys ahead of you in the rotation, or Lindor, Kipnis, and Ramirez, and those guys in the infield, or Michael Brantley coming back. But then you realize, you know, sometimes you're an injury away or, or – circumstances away from you know being called up and they've got now guys like Merritt guys like Clevenger um, even Plutko and Morimondo played roles on a much lesser scale you know those guys who got sent out can be those examples for the minor leaguers and also when the Indians are giving that message to players now they have concrete examples they can point to and I think that that does nothing but benefit a team could could you imagine being Ryan Merritt in that scenario by the way (laughs) I'm just thinking about that because we're here in Goodyear and I mean you can look out for you know, miles at a time and not see a two-story building. Right. Uh, you, you know, you're here so isolated, and then uh, next thing you know, you're on a plane to Toronto to pitch in the American In the Rogers Center. Unbelievable. In the playoffs, in that atmosphere. It, yeah. was, it was pretty incredible uh, what he was able to do last year. That was one of my favorite stories of the entire season. Absolutely. All right, some more good stories ahead. Jordan Bastion will be all over them for MLB.com. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been MLB.com Extras. Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 